What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Madison Assembly Podcast. I'm hyped up because I had a lot of sugar because last night was Halloween, and now the crash comes in. I'm just kidding. I'm David. I'm Cody. And I'm Jason. We back, we back, we back in the speakers. And so can you hear us? Because we back in your speakers. Back in the speakers. So we're back right now. Guys, like I just said, last night was Halloween, so we had our church trunk retreat. Initial thoughts, Pastor? Oh, I was I was over overly surprised. I was really excited to see the number of people that were there. A lot of things going on. I will be honest, I am tired. I'm sore, but it, it's it's a good feeling. <laughs> that reminds me, we have those bounce houses we got to roll. Uh, so don't get too restful too uh, soon. Yeah, we got to roll. Wait a minute, we got to roll them back. You already <laughs> packed them up last night, right? Yeah, they're packed oh, yeah. up. We just got to roll gotta them, put back. them back. Yeah. Oh, okay. Can we do that tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then we'll come in tomorrow. Can we do it tomorrow? We do it tomorrow. <laughs> uh, Cody, what were your thoughts on last night? Pleasantly surprised. I uh, with with the weather. You know, it was sort of a big question mark hovering over everyone's head. Um, we we pushed a couple ads on social media just to get the word out, like, hey, something's still going on, and by the way, you don't have to deal with the rain if you don't want to. Yeah. And, yeah, so it was cool. We were the – the youth group had the first table when you walked <laughs> in the gym, and uh, my family's table was this uh, – we were number two. So we're it was just like – Yeah. We're it was like two. this unceasing just wave of kids yeah. and their parents and – it was cool to see everyone have so much fun. It, right. it didn't stop, did it? It no. was just constant motion. No. It, so. it, it came in waves. There was there was like a couple of moments when I'm like, okay, are we uh, <laughs> are we getting a lull here? And then up oh, here come five more families. So yeah. we get best to hit. Well, yeah, no, it was it was a lot of fun. We had a great time. I, like I said in our Halloween episode, it's not my favorite part of the year, but when you go in and have fun with it and make it what it's supposed to yeah. be, it's definitely very rewarding uh, to do it. So yeah, thank you for all of you that served. And uh, volunteered at it. We couldn't have done it without you. I hope all the families that came, um, we hope you enjoyed it. We certainly enjoyed it. And um, you, yeah. you know, the funny thing is, you you were Batman. You were the Scooby Doo family, which was really awesome. My intention was to get around and just talk to people, and I got stuck at a bounce house for two hours. <laughs> but what was so funny about this bounce house? I mean, these kids were going through so fast, so many times that the sweat, it looked like it was just <laughs> puddling at the Yum. end of the uh, obstacle course. I'm like, oh my goodness, and here comes a kid. He slides through and he slides, slides cleans it all up, and then the next group starts all over again. Yeah, we kept getting word. Somebody <laughs> got sick in the bounce house. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, someone did? I don't think anybody got sick, but boy, they were. Maybe that's what they're talking about. Maybe they're sweating like, profusely. Oh, okay. And this guy's not revealing the whole truth. He says he was monitoring. I'm, I'm pretty sure a few times he might have bounced through that thing himself. Well, Cody, let me just tell you, if I would have gone through that obstacle course, I'd still be in there. <laughs> I would have had a heart attack, but not by choice. Not by choice. <laughs> I would have been stuck. <laughs> I, I do that every time. I'll get into a bounce house to like get something down or make sure it's it's ready to go, whatever. And I'm like, I can't do this the way I used no. to. Oh I, I don't have the energy. I can't bounce the way I used to when I was 12 or 11. I mean, some old. of those kids would be in so fast. I'm like, I'd be still trying to crawl into yeah, it. I know. Man. It's crazy, man. But your son enjoyed it. I saw him go through oh, a couple Nate, times. Nate loves it. Lucy <laughs> loves it. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. I miss being a kid sometimes. It makes yep. me think of those old play places. Like at McDonald's? Yeah. yeah. They're going away. I guess COVID They're, kind of killed them all. Yeah. Unfortunately. But, uh, I mean, just think how fast you used to, like, crawl through those things, and now <laughs> it just hurts your knees and arms thinking about oh, it. Oh, yeah. man. It's crazy. It's pretty fun. awesome. It was a great night. 
enjoyed it. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed it. And we also had pastor appreciation this past week. So yes. thank you all so much for, for everything you did for that. We do not so take kind. for granted how awesome it is to serve each and every person here at this church. And um, for those of you that uh, maybe are looking for a home church, we would love to be your pastors. If you Absolutely. want to come and um, have fun here with us, serve along with us and uh, find a church home, we'd love to be here. Yeah, it's, it's always encouraging to when you go through the cards or when you go through the messages people send you on social media and everything, I mean, those of you that don't know, even pastors get discouraged. Matter of fact, most of the time we, <laughs> because here's, here's the fun thing. I'll never forget who was it that said this. We give our courage away to encourage you, which then leaves us discouraged. discouraged. <laughs> and so, and so by giving you our courage, we need courage. And so to turn around and then see people giving edification yeah. and encouragement back to you saying we, what you do does not go unnoticed. We really appreciate what you do and how you serve us. And, and so that's one reason why we do this podcast is because we want to show that side of us that it ain't all, you know, roses and butterflies. There's a lot of days <laughs> where, you know, there's darkness and there's stuff we're going through and ways where we need prayer. And, and so it was, it was great to leave Sunday going, man, what, what we're doing is making an impact. Yes. And, we're, and we're, we're not going, God, God sees what we do. So. Well, even last night, seeing all the volunteers work so hard to help us clean up afterwards. And some of them gave a lot of, you know, two hours yeah. of their time and they never complained. And no. A few of them came over right after work. Yeah, yeah, it's so amazing. Yeah. So thankful for Should our Should have been like an hour cleanup. We got it done in less than 30, 30 minutes. Because they stayed and said, we're getting this done. That's that's our church. <laughs> and we so, had people yeah. jumping in. And we had uh, females jumping in, just rolling up those bounce houses like it was nothing. I'm thinking, wow. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. So, it, again, these are all things that are coming. We've got a few things coming up here in a little bit we're going to yeah. plug and let you know about. But today, for today's episode, uh, guys... Like Olivia Newton-John, we're not going to get physical, but let's get political, political, political. Anyway. Okay, this so. this speaks to my youth, but I'm I didn't know kidding. that's who sang that song. Olivia Newton-John sang Let's mm. Get Physical. She's the girl from Greece? Yes. No kidding. I just can't. I just More can't. You know. I know. <laughs> Funny enough, just to break up this a little bit, in the in the Latin, poly means many. Many. Ticks are blood-sucking creatures. <laughs> so when we talk about politics... <laughs> Wow. Uh, but anyway. In some ways, that's the truth. Right? Eh, no, no kidding. But what we're saying is for for many people, politics can suck the life out of you. Yes. And we know that that's definitely not what we're going to get into today. We just want to talk about, and this is something, Pastor, that was heavy on your heart. As a follower of Christ, when it comes to politics, when it comes to voting, when it comes to the... We do. We live in the kingdom of God, yes. but we're also Americans. Yes. So, as Americans, how should we view government through the eyes of God and through the eyes of the Bible? So, this was heavy on your heart. So, why don't you kick us off here? Yeah, I thought it would be a good discussion for us to talk about um, coming up here in just a few short days. We have the midterm elections coming up, and I guess the question I wanted to just talk about is where does Christians fit on this spectrum? How important is voting? Um, how important for us to go make our voice known? I think the biggest thing I've been thinking about a lot of is. You know, being raised in the church my whole life, sometimes you get the idea, you know, if someone smacks you on the cheek, you turn the other cheek, or we just trust God and let God take care of everything. Well, when does it come a time? I'm getting a point in my life. Okay, when does it come a time where you're not quiet anymore? You have to raise your voice. Because I don't know about you guys. You see the world that we live in. You see the wokeness. You see all the craziness. When does it come time for us as followers of Jesus that we have to step up and speak? 
And I, I, I think we talked about this in our staff meeting a little bit, the difference between a peacekeeper and a peacemaker. You know, peacekeeper keeps this peace at all costs, no conflict, but a peacemaker goes into a situation to bring peace into the environment. Now, I'm not saying we pick up swords and shields, don't misunderstand, but in the revolutionary day, they did that. You know, when is it come time? So I guess the question I want to just just talk to you guys, where do you feel from your spectrum, from your raising, where do you see followers of Christ when it comes to this this whole arena of politics? Do you think it's important that we get involved or do we set back and just let God take care of all of it? Well, it's funny enough, um, um, but it's the it's the passage where Jesus approached the disciples and said, who do, who do they say that I am? Mm. And then, of course, they name off all these things, and then he turns it personal and says, yeah, but now who do you say that I am? Yeah. And it's funny, in that time frame, there were four big ethnic groups that were all vying for the attention and the love of the people. Um, and one of those ethnic groups were the Herodians, were mm-hmm. the people that believed that Herod is our king, we should serve Herod, we should do what Herod wants us to do, and we should keep the peace with Rome because Herod is the puppeted king that Rome has put in place over us. So if we make Herod happy, we'll make Rome happy, and yeah. we won't have any conflict there. And then you have the uh, the opposite of that, though. I, well, there's two opposites. But then you have the Essenes, who were the people that were like John the Baptist. Let's not even be a part of society. Let's go off <laughs> in the desert. Let's go off at the Jordan River. We won't be a part of cities. We won't be a part of politics. We won't be a part of the Roman Empire. If we get away from all of that and God just finds us out here by ourselves serving him faithfully, then God will honor that. Yeah. And then you had the um, Pharisees who believed God will honor us and, and speak to us and give us back our temple and give us back our kingdom if we are holy enough. Mm-hmm. So if we keep the law, if we do everything, if we keep the Sabbath holy, if we do everything the, the law says, we do everything the prophets and Moses have said, then we will stay holy. But then you had the extreme group, which were the zealots. The zealots. And the zealots believed, carry a sword on your hip at all times. <laughs> if you get a Roman soldier one-on-one, take him out. Fight, fight, fight. Exactly. <laughs> so, so you had all these different belief systems. And what's funny is if you read the Gospels, Jesus was never any of them. Right. Jesus navigated through all of them. Would Jesus Jesus would stand before the Pharisees and they were trying to trap him and he and he asked and they asked him, you know, uh, should we pay taxes to Caesar or not? So strategically saying, your answer will determine which of the groups you upset. Wow. And so Jesus said to them, whose face is on the coin? Well, Caesar's face is. Then give it to Caesar and give God what is God's because you bear God's image because wow. you're made in God's image. So give the coin back to Caesar, but give yourself to God. And so when you hear that, of course, the zealots and the Essenes are like, <laughs> no. We're not paying taxes. The the Pharisees are upset they couldn't trap him, but the Herodians were like, "Oh yeah, pay your taxes, pay your taxes." <laughs> and so that's just one example. I'm not going to give one for each one, but you can yeah. see. But when you yeah. read the scripture, you see all these different places where Jesus navigated, and sometimes he said things that upset the Essenes. Sometimes he said things that upset the Zealots. Sometimes he said things that upset, you know. But then at the same time, I'll give you one more. So the the Zealots are all about force and doing things, whatever. One day Jesus sits down, makes a whip, goes in and turns tables over oh, and, yeah. and, and spills uh, coins everywhere and says, in my house should be a house of prayer. You've made it a den of thieves. If you're a zealot, you're sitting there going, hey, <laughs> I like this. I like yeah. this. Jesus is a, is a warrior. He's a yeah. man of action. And But then you hear that he says, keep the law, keep the Sabbaths, listen to those who teach you. The Pharisees love that. So what I'm saying is I think, I think it's very much we need to in a long-winded way, which I tend to be, it's, I think I think it's we have to we have to decide within our hearts. Okay, when it, when it, under under the establishment of Jesus is King, mm-hmm. He is my King. If I have to bow to the U.S. flag or bow to the King, I'm bowing to the King. I'm yes. bowing to my Savior. There's no question about that. So I guess it's just a thing of at what point 
is this violating what the Bible says the kingdom should be? Right. When do, when does the government encroach on the kingdom? When does it encroach on the word? At that point, I absolutely believe, just like Jesus did in the temple, I've got to take action here because now you're coming in on on now you're violating what my king says, and yeah. I and I serve him first and foremost. Yeah, anybody. I see that. So, yeah, I mean. It, I, I always use the word balance, I guess, on this show. Balance. But, uh, yeah, you you know, people who they live and die by uh, Fox News, for example, you know, and it's like, oh, I got to gotta fight for my country, got to, <laughs> you know. But at the same time, like, we understand that as followers of Jesus, the world's going to become a pretty messed up place. And so. Going to be? Well, at, <laughs> Yeah. It's going to get worse. Oh, yeah. man. And um, so I just, you know, I, I wish people would defend the cross the way they would the flag at times. Yeah. Oh, you know? boy. Yeah. And um, But that's not to say it's wrong to be patriotic, right? I mean, it's to have, to to be proud of where you come from, to be proud of what um, your people have, have accomplished through the years, um, what they've come from. And so... Yeah, I mean, it's a loaded question, I, and I'm not as long-winded as you, Pastor David, but I, I just feel like— That's not a compliment, ladies and gentlemen. That's not a compliment. No, I'm just saying it's going to feel like I'm not have, I don't have much to say, but th- there's just a balance. Like, you, you have to stand up for what's right. And so, um, I, you know, I would never, because I don't want to be accused of picking sides, but I'll leave the ball in, in the people's court, right? Sure. Um, vote for what is of God, or vote for— what is not clearly sin, right? Yeah. And that's not to say, well, one side is holy and one side is, is strictly evil. But when one side promotes something that is clear, cut and dry evil, right? I don't know how you can stand by that. And so th- that's my take on it. Well, for me, the older I get, the more I'm beginning to realize we have to speak up. We can't stay silent. We can't right. be quiet. When we look at our history of our nation, it was birthed on Judeo-Christian values. Um, when you read about some of our early father, fathers of the Constitution, everyone believed in Jesus. Now, I know there might be some differences of maybe their faith, but when you look back, we are a Christian nation. Right. And I think the longer that Christians sit back and do nothing and say nothing, I think we're starting to see the outcome of those choices. And I think we are the biggest people group in the world. If we all would come together and vote for the right things, I think we would see a difference in this country. But so I guess that's where I'm at. I'm beginning to realize we can't be quiet anymore. We have to speak up. We have to get involved and we have to vote. So go vote as we're coming up this in a few short days here for voting day. So should, should Christians vote? I say yes. I say yes. Well, there's a verse. Let me give you this verse in Colossians 1, 15 through 17. The Bible says he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Now listen to this. It says, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible, invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. So I believe everything comes from God. I feel like we've got to get involved. We have to vote. We we can't sit back and maybe in a little bit we can talk about well what if it's what if it's the, the people that are running are not really what we want. Well, how do you vote then? Well, Daniel was involved. I mean, when you look through the scriptures, Esther was involved. Um, 
And even Jesus, to some cases, was involved. I mean, even Pilate says, what is truth? Yeah. <laughs> right? So, but I guess on my perspective, I'm going to say, answer your question, Pastor David, I'm going to say every follower of Jesus should vote. We have that right as a American, as a citizen of this country. We have a right to vote. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. I'm with you 100%. I think man, the, there's a scripture that says man deter, man sets up the course, but God determines the steps. Yes. Uh, this is something like that. I, yeah. I, 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 I forgot the exact phrasing, but bottom line is it's saying we put we put things in place, but at the end of the day, it's what does God want to come out of this? Yes. And, and if we've put a voting system in place, then as followers of Christ, we should then take advantage of that system and use that to promote the gospel in any way we can. And if that means we have to look at the candidates and go, okay, which one stands for more of the kingdom principles? Because that, that, and I, I've said that word so many times now, but th- at the end of the day, we, followers of Christ, we have to remember this isn't our home. Yes. And, and America is not our home. Right. It's it's our place of residence. We are stewarding this country. Mm-hmm. So take good care of it yes. and, and do the best you can with it. But at the end of the day, the Bible says, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Yes. And I love what Pastor Jeremy Sims said. He said, the kingdom of heaven is everywhere Jesus is king. Wow. And so where and so literally you can be walking through Walmart, come across somebody, stand within two feet of each other, you're in the kingdom of God, they're not. Wow. It's because the kingdom of God is not defined by land, it's not defined by time, it's not defined by by space, it's not defined by in between these two rivers is the kingdom of no. It's not it's not that way at all. The kingdom of God is a belief system. The kingdom right. of God is is I choose to model my life and follow my king and do what my king asks me to do. So in saying all of that, we the the, the balance, there you go Cody, the balance <laughs> is going, okay, within this, if Jesus is my king, then who would he want representing? If if Jesus is my king, then what standards and principles did he say in his word that we are to uphold and we are to follow, we are to defend and we are to fight for, and some we are to die for. Yes. And if those are the things that we need to put in place, men and women who adhere to those things, even if they don't fully confess Jesus as their king, but maybe the platform they stand on or the beliefs they have are um are reflective of of close to the word of God because this is something that uh, the kingdom works for the lost and for the and for the saved. Yes, a person who's very generous with their money and and has the benefit of giving back by a kingdom principle, they will be blessed because right. the kingdom works. The Bible says, if you want to have friends, show yourself friendly. That's the law of the kingdom. So non saved people who are friendly are probably going to have friends because the kingdom works. So my point is, even if someone isn't necessarily a kingdom person who's running for office, if their platform and their lifestyle and what they believe in reflects kingdom principles, I'm going to pray for them to find Christ. Yes. But in the meantime, they're closer to Christ than maybe the other person running against them is in terms of the kingdom principles that they stand on. Well, basically what you're saying, you go to Genesis and when God placed Adam and Eve in the garden. He gave them what we call the creation mandate, be fruitful, multiply, then have authority and dominion over the earth. So we know Adam gave up that position when he sinned, but Jesus came, restored that from the cross. And until he comes back, our job is to take that authority and that dominion that he's given to us and really multiply throughout the earth, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so what that tells me is we have a position as followers of Jesus on this earth and our voice matters. It matters what we believe. It matters what we value, our ethics. And so I believe that when we don't go vote and make our voice known in voting, you know, I think the church is really good about hey, let's go stand out in front of this store and boycott and lift signs. And there's a place for that, okay? 
But most of the time, if we would come together and vote for God's standards and God's principles, I think we can make more of a difference in that aspect. But I think if when we don't vote and we say, well, I'm going to just leave it in God's hands and let someone else worry about it, we're removing our position away that God has given to us. That's my belief. Now, I know we got to be careful, like you said. We are of the citizenship of heaven. We're passing through. We're pilgrims. But I love what you said. We're here to steward what God's given us. And I'm so thankful for America. I'm thankful yes. that it's a country where we have freedoms to pick any church we want to go to. We can worship any way we want. And so I'm thankful for that. And I don't want to give that up, fellas. Right. <laughs> I don't want to give that up. And so mm-hmm. go vote. <laughs> go vote. Yeah. Yes. So go ahead. I'm just going to say, I like the analogy that you've shared before. Um, how too often Christians think, oh, I'm putting on a jersey for one of two teams, when really it's, if, if we're anybody on the playing field, we're the referees, right? right? We understand the rule book. We understand how the game is to be played, and we're going to throw flags when a penalty is committed. Awesome. And so... Um, no one likes the referees. <laughs> no, no one likes the referees. But um, there's a huge sermon there. Yeah, <laughs> but we won't get into that. Go ahead, Cody. And so, you know, and we haven't mentioned any political party names. Nope. We haven't mentioned any political stances or policies. But if you're feeling maybe convicted by this conversation, maybe <laughs> that's because your team is committing a lot of penalties. I mean, if if we're sure. being honest, yeah. you know. I, we haven't said a single party or a no. single policy. but Nor if, will we, because it's not about that. If right. this is sort of invoking some frustration, maybe yeah. that's maybe that's some conviction in your own heart and your own spirit saying, oh, maybe my team's not playing that well, right. if that makes sense. Because I, I think the biggest thing that, that frustrates me, because I have friends that are not saved as well as saved, is, and I'm not afraid to say this, I've, I've gotten flack from them, because when you take a stand on things they disagree with, yeah especially when they expect you to play the game. Right. I'm like, and like you said, the referee doesn't play the game. Right. That's the thing that frustrates people is, no, don't you understand as a Christian, you're supposed to accept, no, 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 no. As a Christian, I'm supposed to do what the rule book says. Grace and truth. I'm supposed to do what my king says. Right. That's that's my place in all of this. I'm not here to play the game. I'm here to do what God's called me to do. But every so. person has a worldview. Everybody gets their worldviews from somewhere. Exactly. And it's what we say, the capital T truth versus the small T truths. Right. And small T truths are, well, it's what I believe. It's my truth. Relative truth. Are, yeah. Are you here what people say? I'm, gonna, I'm living my truth. Well, first of all, <laughs> where does your truth come from? You know, in every person's life, we all have to make that decision. And I truly believe as a follower of Jesus Christ, as a minister of the gospel, the Bible is the capital T truth. Now, I know we live in a day where we want to, well, the Bible's old, it's ancient. Well, when you start breaking it open, it really gives you how life is supposed to be lived. It protects us from a lot of crazy things. So our truth comes from the word of God. That has to be the capital T truth. And so, like you said, if whatever team you're a part of, because I'm just going to say it, there are good Republicans, there's bad Republicans, there's good Democrats, there's bad Democrats, Libertarian, so on and so forth. The biggest thing to me is it's not the 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 sides that you're on. It's who do you stand for? What do you stand for? Right. And and granted, in the world of Christianity, most most times people lean to the right. You know, when you when you start talking about that subject. But I'm just to the place where we've got to put godly men and women into position of influence and vote for them so they can have a voice where where I can't have that voice in some aspects. 100%. So. Yeah, because, again, 
the the kingdom of God, it's not rooted in politics. Right. It's rooted in the word of a king that was willing to die for his subjects. Right. Name it. Name any other king in history that did that. Right. We serve the one. We serve the one king who thought we were worth dying for, not who commanded us to die for him. And so I, I think that one of the strategies of the enemy when it comes to politics especially has been trying to foster and breed as much confusion as possible. Yes. Because the more the the more confusion there is to where literally at some times you can't tell one party from another. Right. And sometimes you can't because you can't tell one Everybody's like, well, well, the the right is this way and the left is this way, but then they'll do each other's playbook, right? Or, or they'll, they'll throw they'll throw the same mud. <laughs> we can get down and dirty too, or, or we could stand up and feel like we have moral ethical too. And so it, it it comes from a really place of confusion where if that's what you're basing what why you vote or what you vote or who you vote for, then you're going to be tossed to and fro by every new fad or by every right. new thing. And and that's what the Bible says in James. That's a double minded man, and he's yeah. unstable. And the last thing I want is for America to be an unstable nation because an unstable nation gets taken over by somebody else and right. that, that brings their sense of stability to it. And so I just really, one of the things that I'm, that I'm really burdened for in these last days, because I'll be honest, I don't, I don't pray for our country the way I want to. And a lot of that is because honestly, I'm done with so much yeah. and, and I'm just tired of, I'm tired of the negativity. I don't watch the news. I don't watch Fox. I don't watch CNN. I don't watch ABC. I don't watch any news <laughs> networks because I'm tired of hearing agendas yeah. instead of hearing the news. Right. That, and so when coming back to say all of that, so a lot of times I just, I tune out of that stuff and I just go, okay, if something comes up, I'll pray about it or if something comes up. But, but the more and more older I'm getting, the more I'm realizing we've only got so much time before we, right. before guys, we won't have a choice. And we've only right. got so much time before either Jesus is going to come back and take us home, or we're going to have to endure something until waiting on him to come back. And the only thing we can do in the meantime is what God's placed in our laps to do, which is steward this country and vote for it. Right. So. And that's the important thing is, as we're watching TV, y'all know that... <laughs> It seems like every ad, or every commercial is the putting down of the other uh, party. I think the biggest thing, it's important to know who's running, what they're running on, what is their platform. It's very important. Um, Dr. Jeff Meyer, he's a Bible teacher, professor in politics, and he teaches in Christian school. You know, He says, if you don't know anything about the person, but you can understand these three things, the first one is this, does this person's platform stand for life? You know, we know that the Bible, and we talked about this many times on this podcast, that Jesus is life, right? So does life matter to that person? Number two, does the future generations flourish? Business, does it flourish? Um, that's important. And then the third thing he all he wrote down here is it rational. <laughs> does it make sense? If it don't, you got to be very careful. But thank God we have tools like from advancedamerica.com. It's called a 2022 Voter Guide. It's it's not illegal. It's it's a nonpartisan voter guide. And basically what you do, you can take this in and it shows you everybody that's running in your various county and it shows you what their platform is, what they're running on, what 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 their number one thing is. I think the important thing is when you go vote, you've got to know what you're voting for. When you're going to pull that lever, who you're pulling that lever for. So I would just say, know who your people are that are running in your county, in your community, and vote for that godly person. Yeah. Well, it's no secret. I'm. Th this is related, I promise. It's no secret I'm a Lord of the Rings fan, right? Uh oh, here we go. And I can't help but thinking just when I get so frustrated about the going-ons of, of the country and of the world and just culture and society in general, you know, and, and you're just like, man, I just wish 
I wish it was the 90s again, right? Peak, <laughs> peak civilization, like mid-90s, right? And uh, it, it reminds me of this line where, you know, Frodo's saying, I wish it hadn't happened in my time. And Gandalf says, so do I, and so do all who live to see such times. But that's not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given us. Wow. And so that, I mean, yeah, okay, haha, it's from Lord of the Rings. But, like, listen, this is the hand we've been dealt. Yeah. We can't just sit back and pout and say, well, back in my day, it was so much <laughs> better. And, like, go down swinging. Go down doing what you can in the right. time that you are able to and, and, and leave the rest up to God. At that point, you can say, you know what, God's will be done, but I did my part. I stood up for truth. I stood up for what is right. And... The rest happened, you know, the rest is history. It's so funny you said that because in Dr. Jeff Meyer's book on Truth Matters, he compares the church as the hobbits. It's so funny because what did the hobbits do? They didn't want to get involved. They wanted to stay in their seclusive little community. 100%. They didn't want to uh, be a voice, but it was important for that hobbit. What's the hobbit's name? The main one that came? Frodo. Frodo. He was the one that Can won. Can you the, call yourself a Middle <laughs> Earth fan? I didn't never said that, but he was the one that made the difference. Though he really didn't raise his shield and sword, right? He dropped the ring into the fire, and he compared the church to the hobbits. We we've got to get out of our communities. We have got to get involved, and we can talk about that. What are some ways we can in in a, in a little bit? But that was amazing. You said that. Hmm. <laughs> so yeah, there's. I always go back to remind to remember myself. Jesus said so many times in the Gospels, "Don't focus on tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow has enough cares of its own. God's yeah. given you today. Yes, the reason you woke up this morning is because God gave you today. It's a gift. You weren't promised today. You woke up. You have today. So accept it as a gift and do the most you can with it. Not only that, but when you look throughout the Scripture, I love I love when God intentionally says things. Yeah. Because there, it's one thing to say something in passing, and I hope you caught that. But when God intentionally says something that he wants written down, he wants observed, he wants it in stone, he wants it for the end of time, it's almost it's so powerful to me that when God appeared to Moses at the burning bush, Moses asked Moses says, God, are you sure you picked the right guy? Yeah. And then but then above that he said, Okay, God, if I go, who <laughs> should I say has sent me? Yes. Is it because in Egypt, they worship many gods. Yep. And so they know the names of those gods. They know the rituals of those gods. And how, and I, by the way, I grew up Egyptian. And people know that I'm Hebrew by blood, but I'm, I've got more Egypt in me than I've got Hebrew in me. Yeah. And so when I show up, who should I say sent me? Because I don't want to cause a stir here. <laughs> and God says of all the names to call him, God says, you tell them, I am sent you. Which I've always I've always loved. That's one of my favorite names of God. Because God did not say, Tell them I was sent you. Yes. And God didn't say, Tell them I will be sent you. Tell them I am. Wow. In this present moment, in this day, if God gave you today, and the Bible says he's not a future or a past, he's a present, present help, help in the time of need. The Bible says one of God's names is Jehovah Shammah, which is that God will be there or God has been there, it's God is there. God is a present God. He's in the midst of where we're at right here and right now. Can he see the future? Yes. Can he see the past? Yes. But God lives in the moment. God is a rhema God, a now word, a Shekinah God, a present glory moment God. And so I think so many times Christians, we focus too much on, wasn't our country better back? Or are we living doom and gloom? What if our country turns into, and like Cody said, no, 
Live in today. What ha- what can you do today? You have been given this time. Yeah. And like you said, Pastor, with Esther, Mordecai said to her, you came into the kingdom for such a, a time, time as this. this. Not not for you should have. Esther, why weren't you queen 10 years ago? Right. Why, why, why weren't you queen 10 years from now? No, you're in the kingdom right here, right now for this moment. What will you do, Esther, with this moment? And then going back to the story you just said of Moses, what did he do? Pharaoh, he went to the actual king who had power and authority, let my people go. And we know Pharaoh said, no, his heart was hardened. And, you know, the 10 plagues came, which conquered the 10 gods of Egypt at that time, yep. which no wonder God said, I am, because there's no one bigger, better than me. It also reminds me of the story of Gideon, right? God comes to him. He's hiding in a cave and he says, I'm going to send you to deliver the people from Midian. And he goes, God, what are you talking about? I'm the lowest of my family. Number two, my father is an idol worshiper himself. And then he goes and starts destroying all the idols, all of the, all the people of Israel turn on him and he's like, God, what's going to happen? And so one of the men step up and say, okay, if Bell's truly God, he'll take care of Gideon. And we know the story. There's no power in Bell. And all of a sudden people realize, wow, God did send Gideon because Bell can do anything. And then he raised up that army, which was whittled down to 300 and they ended up winning. But you see it all through scripture, men and women stood up for justice. They stood up for grace and truth. They stood up for what God wanted them to stand on. And in every circumstance, God was present there with them, helping them. So powerful. Even the three Hebrew boys, when they were thrown into the fiery furnace, hey, did we not throw three men in there? I see four. So all of them were involved in government, (laughs) in politics. So that that brings up a, a, a point though. If we should get to a Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego moment in our country, not saying we're there yet, right? But if we're talking politics, Pastor, what do you do when the people on either platform, or what do you do if if the circumstances are to the point of no, this is these are your options: bow down or die. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. So, and, well, if you've done everything you can do to hold the truth, to do the right thing, when you know you you've done it the right way, I think there comes a time that we might have to consider standing for what, you know, for what we believe in, giving our lives for that. I I pray to God we don't have to come to that. I hope Jesus comes back for all that happens. But I think we have to depend on God's word. He said he'll give us the words to say. And my prayer is if it comes to the place where I have to be martyred for Christ, I hope I die well. (laughs) You know, that's easily said than done, right, fellas? But um, yeah, we have to stand. We have to stand for what's true. We have to make sure there's life. We have to make sure our generations that are coming behind us flourish. And we have to make sure it makes sense. Yeah. So that's where that's where I would stand on that. It's not easy. I know probably a lot of people turn the podcast off at this present moment. Probably. But, <laughs> but anyways, we have to stand, guys. You guys have children. So you have children. Oh, I do too. But mine are growing up. But you guys are yours is are yours kids are coming up, and it matters even more. You know, yeah. when you have children and grandkids. Okay. Well, so that leads say? us to our study on martyrdom. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that's a spiritual gift? I've heard Pastor Don Gifford <laughs> joke about that many times. Yeah, I don't want that one. No. I think we already all have it. It just has to rise yeah. up at the right time. Well, let's just talk about what are things that we need to do, you know, to be involved, you know? Well, I say the first one is we all need to pray. We need to pray for our leaders. Um, the Bible tells us that he holds our the leaders in the palm of his hands. We serve a big God. You know, Bell's not God, God's God. Uh, going back to uh, Pharaoh, Pharaoh's not God, God's God. And let God do his thing, right? So I think the first thing is pray. What do you guys think? 
I definitely think another big one we need to do is we need to always make sure we are doing our best to invite and grow as many followers of Christ as possible. So spread the gospel. Spread the yes, gospel. Like we said, we've said over and over again, if you're going to deliver a baby, you don't deliver the baby, then leave it on the table and walk right. away and expect that baby to take care of itself. It ain't going to happen. Jesus said, go and make disciples. You help discipline this person. You help this person find self-discipline and you help them grow in the things of God. People that are growing and maturing in the things of God will make rational, godly decisions, including voting at the polls. Right. You, that's why we have to make sure we have people that know the word, that know this is what the Bible says about life. This is what the Bible says about marriage. This is what the Bible says about mm. children. This is what the Bible says about business. This is what the Bible says about giving. This is what the Bible says about serving. All the things that these politicians have platforms on, then you can go in there and go, okay, this person stands for this. Right. This person stands for this. According to the Bible that I know, this person is more qualified than by the word of God, not by experience, right. by the word of God, which is what is the only thing that matters to me. Does it help if they have experience in business and stuff? Absolutely. Sure but I would rather someone sit under the studentship of the father right. and go into a position that they're somewhat qualified for, because then what happens? They're going to lean more on God in their inexperience than they're going to lean on their past victories. Yes. If that's where their walk is, if their walk is more rooted in who God is than inexperience, they're going to make more rational, better decisions. So I think the more people we can help get into, not and I'm not talking about making your, your church grow and having seat, more people... Right. seats filled. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about everywhere you go helping to raise and make disciples. Therefore, when they go into their place of work or go into the voting polls, they're going to make godly decisions there. So, Yeah, advancedamerica.com. Advancedamerica.com. You can there go get go. that information. But you're right. I remember in the book of Acts, there Paul was walking through and there, all the idols were being sold and people were getting mad, not because the church was picketing and uh, standing against them. So many people were getting saved that the idol makers were losing business <laughs> and it caused them to rise up. Yep. That's how we shut things down that shouldn't be here as we win them to Jesus. I love that, Pastor David. That was really good. Yeah. What do you think, Pastor Cody? Is there anything else we can add to this? Sort of uh, piggybacking what David shared, just make sure that we're living in truth, Ooh. not just sharing truth. I mean, Live beyond reproach. Yeah. Not just in private or not just in public, but privately, right? Like, Especially in private. Yeah. 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 Because eventually your private life will come to light. And when, you know, if it's not what it all seemed to be, uh, it's just, okay. So I'm not going to, we had, we from up north, uh, we, we knew a guy that was really, really involved in ministry. Um, and when he was relieved of his duties, he quit living that lifestyle. Wow. And it's like, so I, I've always shared with Ronnie, I'm like, you know what I've come to realize is half, if not more, of ministry is how you live after it. Absolutely. Because if you just, okay, when that when that season's over and you're you're out doing whatever, acting a fool, it's like, okay, so none of what you shared all those years was truth? Yeah. Wow. Or, okay, so this is optional, or it's not as big of a deal as I thought it was, because, you know. And so just live in truth. Um, otherwise, your discipleship, yeah, you might you might disciple many people. But if you aren't being true to God's Word in your own life, all that can crumble in, in a day. People see it. Yeah. yeah. So I think it comes back to, you know, something that, we and I'll I'll speak to pastors because this is something we have to challenge ourselves to do as well. And I'm talking to myself here too. You can't push the church. You got to lead the church. Right. We can't get behind them and say y'all do this. Mm -hmm. We can't get behind them and say y'all give. We can't get behind them and say y'all step into the river. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. 
the priests stepped in first. You can't tell them to give if you don't give. You can't tell them to have faith if you don't have faith. It's got to be worked out in you first. I eat the dinner first. I find out if it's good. Yeah. And then if I know it is, I serve it to you. It's good. You we can't we can't as pastors expect our people to do things we aren't willing to do ourselves because that you know what that makes us cowards. Cowards. <laughs> we we can't we can't do that. I'm not going to sit back. That's what David. That's what got David in trouble for. Yeah. David sent his forces out to fight. He didn't go out and fight with them. And when you don't go and be where you're supposed to be, that's where temptation's at your door. Yeah. We we have to find that place of now. Now there does come a point in your ministry. Where, like Abishai, comes to David and says, David, leave the giants to me. <laughs> you can fight in war, but leave the giants to me. If we yeah. get in the midst of battle and that dude's five foot taller than you, let me step up and take <laughs> him. You go fight the little dude on the corner. I'll fight this guy. So there, it, there does come a point as pastors where we, the place God has us in because of influence and not needing to get burned out or overwhelmed or all of that. There are things where we need to delegate Hey, I used to be able to do this 20 years ago. I can't do this right. now. I got to I got to find somebody else to take that out. But what I am saying is this, when it comes to having a a walk in front of people, they're watching you. Yeah. Even even when and especially they're watching you when you're not on the platform. Yeah. It's, this world is checking you at every turn. Where do you eat? What do you do with your children? How are you with your spouse? What do you stand for in a movie theater? Mm. What what kind of what kind of movie are you going to see? What are you posting about on your social media? When I get in your car to go with you somewhere, what's playing on the radio? Right. They are checking all of those things because they want to know one question: What you say you believe is it real? Yeah. If it if we if we don't back that up with our character, then they, then that's all the ammunition they need to go. It's a facade. Right. Yeah. It, it's just an act. It's a game to them. It's just yeah. a chance for them to have a, a place of influence or a place where people get to hear them talk or, or hear them sing or whatever, or, hear, or a place where they can have fun with my teenagers and it, and what they stand for. It's there's no, there's no grounds. There's no roots in it. It's just a place of, it's just a job. There's, yeah. there's no calling to it. I, I sort of anticipate that's going to, um, we're going to be even under a greater microscope moving mm. forward because I've, I've shared before. It's, it's funny how, the devil will throw his heaviest punch and God will just outmaneuver him and use it for his good. I think the world is getting uh, so crazy and it's just to a point of, okay, something beyond the natural is occurring here. People are searching for truth. Yes. And so not just us three, but just your, you know, anybody who claims to be a follower of Christ, I, I anticipate you're going to have more people than ever before come to you with questions or, like you said, yeah. Just sort of speculate from a distance. Okay, is this legit? Because I'm searching for truth. The world is psychotic right now. Yeah, I, I've I've got to find a, a level ground here. I'm gonna check out this churchgoer. If if you're setting a poor example, I mean that might be their only chance to ever encounter Christ. And so, uh, the Lord's gonna hold us accountable for that. I believe. Yeah. So. So you know that gives. Some things to do, pray, spread the gospel, live what you believe. I think the fourth one would be, if we give five, I think the fourth one would be go vote. Make sure you're voting. You're not just, it's, it's funny how we get on Facebook, social media, and gripe and complain. Go do something about it. Yeah. But yeah. the fifth one I want to talk about, and we can take a few minutes here, is, you know, get involved. 
you know, there might be some watching here now and are hearing this, listening to the audio or whatever. Maybe you're supposed to be on the school board. Maybe you're supposed to run for mayor. Maybe you're supposed to run for governor. Who knows? You might even be supposed to be run for president. But I think we've got to get involved. We've got to get involved in business. We've got to get involved in entertainment. We've got to get involved everywhere possible until Jesus comes back. And so what do you guys think about that as far as, you know, it's it's one thing we stand up behind our pulpits and we say, get saved, give your heart to Christ, which that's the number one priority, following Jesus. But then after that, you know, it's one thing. I don't believe that God called us to set in the bleachers. He told us to get in the game. What do you guys think? You want to start, Code? As referees. As referees. <laughs> but there's a part we play in it too. Yeah, get involved. I mean, whatever talents you have, use them for God's you know, God's kingdom. Um, and that doesn't always have to be a showboaty thing. It's not like, <laughs> oh, I'm, you know, holier than thou. It's like, if you're a good communicator, I mean, the, okay, the first thing that pops in my head, be a be like a local sports commentator. Just get involved somehow within your t- local community. Build those relationships um, because just a natural friendship, a natural relationship, they're going to trust you way more than if I just go knock on a door. I'm not saying this is bad, but say, hey, can I share can I share God's word with you today? You know, th- there's going to be a little bit of a wall, but if they get to know me as a person because I've gone into their world. Cody loves football. <laughs> yeah. And this this co- sort of um, um, follows up with our last episode about trunk or treat. we got to get into their world. Yeah. Like, wh- that doesn't mean we have to agree with everything they're saying or right. doing, but we have to get to know them. What, what's the phrase? Uh, they don't... They don't care how much you know till you till they know how much you care. Yeah. Boom. That's right. That's it. That's what I got. <laughs> Nothing but that. Hit it at the buzzer. That's awesome. No, I can't I can't add much more. All I'll say is look for the look for the look for the crack in the doors. Yeah. If like like Cody said, no one's gonna hire you to be the top position right off the bat. Right. And and I think that's one of the biggest problems with people in the church is well, Pastor, I can't get involved. I can't lead worship. I didn't ask you to lead worship. I just asked you to get involved. Well, pastor, I can't get involved. I'm afraid of teaching. I'm afraid of preaching. So so immediately, you're, you're that would be the equivalent of saying, I don't want to get into politics. I don't want to be president. What? <laughs> you know, there's hundreds of other places to get yeah. involved that is not president of the United States. Or I don't want to join the military. I'm afraid. I, I would never. I can't imagine being a general. What? <laughs> I mean, but, but but especially followers of Christ do that, and I don't right. and I don't understand that philosophy. I'm afraid to do all these things because then they think of the highest position of responsibility. God will send and, me to Africa. Exa- yeah, exactly. I don't want to go on. A, I don't. I, I, I'm afraid. Of, I'm afraid to sign up for a mission trip. I don't want to. I don't want God to send me to whatever. No. How about this? Go across the street and rake your neighbor's leaves. Yeah. How, how about this? Get, ask if you can just pray for the football team before the game. Yeah. Just, just, hey, how about this? One day a week, say, would it be okay if I work in the cafeteria? I don't even have to serve the food. I'll help, I'll just help sweep the floor or whatever. But find a cracked door. Get yeah. in there in some way. I'll never forget when I was a youth pastor in Georgia, and they called me and they said, hey, would you mind attending the FCA meetings? Mm. Just attend. Just be a present there. Wow. Because you never know when a teenager has a question, and we would love for you as a youth pastor to be able to ask it. Within two months, I was speaking at them. Wow. And, and then after that, I began organizing things for them. And it, it was just amazing to me to see that the open door, the the cracked open door that God said, okay, here's an opportunity. Are you going to walk into it? So and, and, God, and God is going to give you those moments. God is going to give you the chance. Here's another good one for me. Before, Pastor, I came to work for you, God cracked the door open for me to be a substitute teacher. Mm. 
I didn't have to teach the lecture at all. I didn't even have to answer any questions about the curriculum. All I had to do was write on the board their lesson for the day and help supervise. Awesome. But I can't tell you how many times the fact of I was a substitute that it showed them respect mm-hmm. that that mandated this is the time thing. And if you have a question, I'll be here. And I'm gonna and I prayed to myself before every single one of those classes. Wow. And I just thought to myself, who knows what needs are in this room that God just answered, and he may not have been if somebody else was in this seat right now. Wow. You have to look at these opportunities as a chance to be a kingdom representative everywhere you go. Be an assistant coach. Be the chaplain for the team. Go to your go to your go to your city council and go, what's the biggest need in our city? How can I help with that? It it doesn't require this huge I mean, I've turned my family upside down, sacrifice. <laughs> right. But for some reason, it's like it's like we live in a world of extremes. And so we always go to either extreme or another. No, just find, hey, what's this one thing I can do to serve my community? And that one thing may make a bigger ripple effect than you think it does. Well, I think that's the big idea. Just find a place at the table. Yes. Just fill the spot. And it's amazing how when you just fill the spot, be Jesus if it's picking up trash, as you just said, you never know how God will elevate you to a place of honor and power to be able to influence others because ultimately we're here to make Jesus famous, right? right. So yeah. I love what you said. Just find a place at the table. So let's just real quick pray, um, spread the gospel, live live the truth, live the example, uh, vote, and then just get involved. And I love it. Man, that's so powerful. But again, I just want to highly encourage you, go Vote. Don't yes. be a hobbit. Don't, Don't be, be a, a hobbit. hobbit. <laughs> Take the ring. Be a man or woman of Gondor <laughs> <laughs> or a lady of uh, Rohan. <laughs> so this has been on my heart, and I'm so glad yeah. that we could just have this conversation because I think we have gotten to a place in our Christian uh, Christianity that we just have to take a back seat, be quiet, and just be peaceful. Mm-mm. We do. I mean, we have to, but be peacemakers. We got to be peacemakers. We've got to stand and and live what we believe and vote for what we believe. What did Jesus say? Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Children of God. I was gonna say it's beatitude, and I literally <laughs> that's even my message for this Wednesday. I'm like, oh, which one? <laughs> Funny story. We had a video scavenger hunt when I was in youth, and uh, we had to ask a random person, "Can you quote a scripture?" And we asked, like, Jesus wept. Yeah. And so we, the, one of the other groups found this guy at a Chick-fil-A and asked him, can you quote us the scripture? And he's like, not off the top of my head. I can't. And his wife hit him and said, why? You're a pastor. <laughs> <laughs> On camera. On camera. And Moses said, let my people go. <laughs> so going back to in season, out of season, season do season. you know what you believe? It was so funny. We were like, <laughs> whoops. <laughs> Well, guys, uh, man, what a great conversation. Hey, let me tell you guys something real quick. I got to experience a bucket list this that? last weekend. I got to go see my Tennessee volunteers mm. in Le- in Neyland Stadium, Stadium in Knoxville, Tennessee. Wow, it was awesome. Hundred How many thousand? 109,000 people. Of your yeah. closest friends. I have never, man, I have never experienced anything like that. I can imagine what it would be like going to Alabama. I've, game. I've, uh, yeah, I've been at Brian Denny Stadium probably 10 times, and Every single time, I, I just tell my father-in-law, thank you so much. Isn't it amazing? It, 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 literally, I told Jessica, this is the closest thing to walk, to walking on the ground in Israel. This is holy ground. <laughs> <laughs> and not, not, I'm not getting sacrilege here. It's just, it's again, yeah. it's something that, but, and also, you know, it's it's also sad. I wish people treated yes. the, the whole, the real holy ground of, of our faith the same way. Well, that's what I said on Sunday. I said, I actually felt like I experienced a true 
living church service. Yeah. Because everybody was there for the same reason. But I, I can't imagine what it would be like going to see the Irish play in their stadium. I hear it's pretty uh, pretty quiet. I bet it's... Crickets. <laughs> Well, it has been over the past several years. <laughs> well, I mean, 80,000 leprechauns can only make so many noise, so uh, much noise. It's a very high-pitched squeal. <laughs> I'm just joking. I think it would be pretty cool to go. Have you ever been? Have you ever too. watched a game in the stadium? No. I've I've been on their campus before, um, and I don't really have much to compare it to. I've been on IU's campus before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Notre Dame just sort of has a mystique about it. Not like a overwhelming like school spirit, but just the – the the art, you know, you have the touchdown Jesus mural on the library. That's <laughs> yeah. you have the statues of the coaches and stuff. But then wow. you have like this is a a a very famous. I'm not going to say very successful, but a very famous program. Yeah. And they have the names of Jesus the yeah uh, on the on the walls. And it was just it was a neat experience. That'd be awesome. Yeah. What's the? I know we're way off topic here, but this is yeah, a good way to bring it in for Lanny. But what's what's the largest? crowd or largest pop or the largest roar of people you've ever been a part of before? Well, to me, that was, that my, was it. That was it for me. I mean, I've been to NFL games. I've been to yeah. basketball games, but I've never experienced anything to that magnitude of the excitement and what you felt in that arena. Yeah. So that would have to be my top now. Cody, you got one? Yeah. I, the only the only college football game, high heard, school games, was it? <laughs> hey, semi state. My junior year was pretty loud. That was pretty neat. Um, nah, I don't. Honestly, it probably was like a high school event, just because I I don't really baseball games don't get that loud. And until recently, that was the only pro game I ever pro sport I had ever been to. Mm-hmm. So wow, probably those those high school events that are like in a gym. Yeah, where you got two thousand people shoulder to shoulder and they're screaming. <laughs> it gets kind of loud. Yeah. I say loudest roar for sure was definitely in Bryant Denny Stadium for like a really big game, but largest I've ever been a part of when the Promise Keepers marched the the uh, oh, yeah. marched the um oh gosh the mall in DC. You could see you could see pictures of it. I believe it was nineteen six or seven. Was there over a million men yes. there? Yes, wow. a million men covered the, co- covered the mall, covered the the monuments all around it, all through the trees. It was a sea of people. Wow, and I, my, it was. I, I probably still have nerve damage from how hard my dad was gripping my wrist to make sure he didn't lose me in the crowd of people. Oh, yeah, you oh, get lost in that. Oh, Game oh. over. Now, now, granted, I'm, I'm I'm 10, 11 years old, so okay. I'm not I'm not going to stray. But still, I mean, it's. But just, it was one of those moments where even as a kid, I was just like, "Wow, all these men, it, whether they fully live or not, but they all profess to follow yeah. Christ, gathered in our nation's capital." Does Promise Keeper still exist? I think only a name. Only I, a name. I, I haven't heard of a. I haven't heard of an of a meeting in a long. time. I went to a couple of them when they were downtown Indianapolis, which was really powerful. Yeah. So <laughs> wow, cool. Does Acquire the Fire with Ron Luce and all of that? Does that still exist? I went to Acquire the Fire um, my junior, uh, my senior year of high school, I believe. So it still existed then. Yep. I say wow. he, he came and spoke at our campus at Southeastern when I was in college. So, wow. but yep. Yeah, so I'll, again. All these all these moments and memories, we got involved. So yep. take advantage, bring it full circle, get involved. So, Pastor, one more time, quote the five things again. How do we approach politics? We start with pray. We pray for those in leadership. We pray before we go vote. Number two is we spread the gospel. Number three, we live the example of Jesus in every area of our life. Number four, go vote. <laughs> and then number five, just get involved. Find a place at the table and serve.
<laughs> I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, Pastor, in two weeks from now, Mag Family Christmas on Wednesday night here at the church. You mean Mag Family Thanksgiving? Yeah, don't push that. Back you that get, up, Mag Family Thanksgiving. You're getting, you're getting me nervous because I'm like, I don't have my Christmas tree up yet. Yeah. <laughs> we're, 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 yes. We ahead. have Mag Family Thanksgiving, and we're gonna. the church provides the meat, so we have turkey coming, and we ask everyone to bring a side dish or dessert, and it's just a fun time of fellowship. We play a few games together, but it's just a time to come together and be thankful for the great year that God's given us and to be back together. We haven't been able to do this in a couple of years because of COVID and the pandemic and everything, but I'm excited. It's going to be a fun time, and usually everybody has a great time, and the food is incredibly good. We yeah. have some good cooks in our church. Could you maybe say you just want to gobble it up? <laughs> I just want to gobble <laughs> No, no, don't do that. Don't ever do that again. That's Wednesday, November 16th, by the way. Wednesday, November 16th. Hey, I'm trying my best Order. to do turkey. All right. Uh, that was such a... I will have nightmares. Oh, this is what happens when you're a Tennessee fan. Oh, I deserved it. I, no, I'll take. There's that. a joke there, but I'm a man I'm of God. Man, man, of God. <laughs> man of God. Yep. Yep. I uh, I think we can also uh, openly promote now. Christmas at the movies yes. starts Sunday, November 27th, and we're going to run it through the entire month of December. Please don't miss any of these Sundays. We have awesome stuff lined up, not only for the messages and for the the service as a whole, but also every single week has a focus. Every single week has an application, and they're all incredible. I'm very, very excited about what God's put on our hearts for for Christmas at the movies this year. Last year was so much fun. We're going even (laughs) bigger this year. And so I'm excited. All of us are, all of us each have a movie we're going to be talking about as well as uh, your beautiful wife, Amy has a movie she's going to be doing. Kids are involved. Younger people are involved. It's, and um, like we like also we uh, we had our calendar meeting plan. Next year is going to be incredible too. And we give a lot of stuff away over Christmas yeah. weeks that we have Christmas. So I'm excited. Uh, about we it. don't believe in giving. We're not. I can't yeah. wait to preach on <laughs> Die Hard. <laughs> That's not a, a Christmas joke. movie. We it's need to joke. cut that out. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> all right. Oh. I think we're going crazy. I think we're all tired from yeah, yesterday. I think <laughs> so too. Too Good much stuff. sugar. Guys, we hope you enjoyed this. Go vote. Get involved. Pray. We're praying for you. Yes. We thank you. And guys, as always, I enjoy doing this with you. It's awesome. Yeah. Good times. All right. Have a good have a good week, everybody. We'll see you next time.